Hey, welcome to Biohacking with Brittany, a podcast focused on holistic health, nutrition, biohacking, and more. I'm your host, Brittany Ford, registered holistic nutritionist and self-proclaimed biohacker. During the last 10 years, I've focused on healing my gut and hormonal issues through lifestyle changes, nutrition, and of course, biohacks. And now I teach others to do the same. I'm so excited you're joining me today. So let's dive right in. Well, thank you everyone for joining me for another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am really stoked about this one because we are diving into plant medicine, something that I've kind of dabbled in, but not too much, um, but I'm definitely, definitely interested in doing in the future. Um, And as most people in the biohacking world know, it's kind of popular now, things like ayahuasca and other uh, plant medicines as well. Um, And today we have Jonathan D. Porter on, or D. Potter, on the podcast. Um, He is the founder of Behold Retreats, a company that teaches you how to elevate yourself with plant medicine during retreats around the world. So Jonathan, welcome. Thank you, Brittany. It's uh, it's a real pleasure to be connected and yeah, very excited to join you on your podcast. Amazing. So I would love it for us if you could kind of take us back to the beginning of your journey. Um, really, what inspired you to start this retreat company? Yeah. Um, so my, my journey with plant medicine started about five years ago. And honestly speaking, I was a bit of a skeptic myself. You know, I, I grew up in Hawaii. Uh, and such a, you know, it's such an amazing and beautiful place, but unfortunately there's a lot of substance abuse in Hawaii. And so growing up around that sort of energy, I had, you know, I didn't really see anything good coming from substances. And so I grew up very anti-substances. And so, you know, I was, I was very surprised when early in my thirties, um, I had my first plant medicine experience and came to recognize the potential that's there. Um, and so I was with a couple friends in Peru and, you know, had this incredible, deep, profound, overwhelming experience. And, um, and it really kind of kicked open a number of doors for me. And, you know, over the, over the course of the years that followed, um, I came to recognize a few different things. One, uh, the depth of the potential that's that's available for plant medicine from from and for plant medicine and and secondly um that i had made a whole series of mistakes over my first three years attending about eight to ten different retreats around the globe Uh, and so i became through my own work and through my own breakthroughs uh, and also kind of beginning to facilitate retreats for friends i became really motivated to Um, to help other people have similar breakthroughs to myself and also perhaps even more importantly to to help others avoid the mistakes that I uh, that I made for those first three years cool so yeah I mean we can totally dive into that as well but I'm very curious what you would consider those mistakes that you made on those past retreats (laughs) Uh, how long how long do we have to record (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, this is, it's, it's such a deep subject, right? Um, I think, um, I think I'll, I'll provide a few very high level points and then I'll let you steer the conversation as, as you think is most interesting. Um, I think 
foremost, uh, it's important for people to really think deeply about their motivation. You know, I think as you Mm -hmm. said, as we opened the podcast, this is a topic that's becoming more popular. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as it does, people are kind of saying, oh, well, yeah, you know, I've had a few friends that have done this and they had a great experience, so I want to do it. Um, And I think it's important that we all take the time and the energy to really educate ourselves and to understand you know, for, for our own purposes, our individual motivations for exploring the space. Um, it's not, it's not work that should be taken lightly. So I think, you know, motivation is one. I think, um, preparation is, uh, is another piece that's, uh, that's generally overlooked. Um, in, and in relation to that, what they're skipping is a lot of the mental and emotional work before and after, um, these very powerful retreats, you know, part of the motivation for, um, for, for naming our business Behold Retreats was, in fact, that, you know, these retreats are, are very powerful experiences and, and you kind of need to or you can benefit from beholding them and uh, really taking them seriously and, you know, leveraging each of these retreat opportunities as a real, you know, as a real replatforming uh, of your your quality of life and quality of experience. Um, the other the other element that I think is important is in relation to expert guidance. Now, the reality is that you know, this space is unregulated today, you know, where this work is being permitted. Um, there are no standards for safety, for standards of care. Um, and so, you know, for the untrained eye, uh, it's very difficult to actually know what good looks like. And so, you know, as I mentioned before, I was attending all these different retreats and, you know, I thought through that experience, that those experiences that I knew what good looked like, but it turns out that that wasn't quite right. Um, and so finding really expert guidance is a real challenge in this space because it is completely unregulated. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not to take away from the very good people who are doing this work. You know, generally speaking, they have very much the highest intentions in mind uh, for, for their clients. But at the same time, it, it's just very difficult to find experts in this, in this field. And so, um, and, then, and then finally, you know, I think also um, uh, integration. Um, you know, people often, you know, jump on a plane, go to one of these retreat centers. They have some profound breakthroughs, as I mentioned, I did during my first experience. And then a week or a month later, they're exactly back to square one. Um, so, you know, we, we all have these deeply ingrained uh, mental patterns that, that we've been working on for decades. And so unwinding those and beginning to set, you know, better thinking patterns for ourselves and, and overcoming some of those limiting beliefs and behaviors take some real effort and so guidance through that you know through that period post retreat where you know you leave the retreat feeling like a million bucks and then you know a week later you're you're flipping off the guy in traffic uh, so there's this real you know there's this real gap that's happened between the end of the retreat and your return home where you've gone back to work and you know work situations or you know triggers and family and all of those sorts of things and you kind of can very quickly revert to your pre-retreat self so you know at a high level that's a few of the mistakes that i think people are making um but uh, yeah, I'd be happy to d- delve into any of those in more, in more detail that, uh, that you might find interesting. Yeah, for sure. I've definitely heard similar reviews and experiences of everything that you just said. Um, and it's interesting how I think those not, you know, maybe mistakes, but those experiences are, are actually kind of common um, 
And yeah, and so it's interesting that you created a company out of that, which I think is really cool and really needed. So for everyone listening, just to take it back a step, um, who doesn't necessarily understand what plant medicine is or the different types, um, can you explain that to to us? Yeah, sure. So plant medicine, or sometimes referred to as psychedelics, right? Um, I think it's kind of the more common lingo. Personally, I prefer plant medicine because psychedelics tends to summon a sort of uh, crazed association as a result of uh, the government campaigns that that started in the 60s. Um, so, so plant medicine generally we're we're describing, you know, as you said before, uh, ayahuasca, San Pedro, psilocybin, which is man- magic mushrooms, um, and we're talking about you know deep deep experiences where we have uh, increased access to our subconscious, uh, and we're able to really navigate the depths of our mind. Uh, through these experiences, and, and as a result of that, come to understand ourselves better, uh, and and you know hopefully release some of the uh, limiting beliefs and identify some of the behaviors that are lo- no longer no longer serving us. So when we talk about uh, plant medicine retreats, that's really what we're talking about. Is you know generally speaking. Um, jumping on a plane to Costa Rica, Peru, or, or perhaps Mexico, um, and, uh, and participating in one of these plant medicine experiences over the course of, say, five days to a week, sometimes two weeks. Okay. I want to interrupt this episode to quickly talk about my EMF underwear, blocking underwear, that is coming out very soon. It is called Emphies, so E-M-F-I-E-S, and it's coming in April. And everyone who follows me on Instagram, you know I have been working on this for the past few months, um, and I'm really excited about it. So it's cute, it's comfy, and it's functional, meaning it actually protects the body from EMF around us, from our computers, laptops, Wi-Fi, routers, cell phone towers, etc., Um, more and more research is coming out showing how this negatively impacts female reproductive organs. So leading to or helping lead to infertility and irregular menstrual cycles and contributing to miscarriages and PCOS and all of these um, health issues that are on the rise for females. So if we can do one thing further to really help our our bodies and our health in such an easy way, um, we might as well, right? And so I've created EMF underwear for women um, and it's made by women, right? So it's actually cute. It's actually comfy. Um, it's not made by a different company that produces a bunch of EMF gear. It's very, very particular on the design. So if you want to sign up for the pre-order waiting list, I highly suggest you do so. You can go to www.biohackingbrittany.com slash pages slash EMFs, which is E-M-F-I-E-S, or you can go to my Instagram and it's on the link in my bio. Um, there's going to be a very limited quantity in the beginning and everybody on this list is going to get first access. So I highly suggest you join and yeah, look out for them dropping very soon. Right. So like in general, you know, I've seen ayahuasca retreats, especially ayahuasca, um, well, mushrooms as well, but especially ayahuasca, I've seen the ceremonies and retreats really increase in the last few years, mm-hmm. um, even locally, like in Canada or in the States, um, in LA, you can go to them. But I, I kind of question the authenticity of those retreats. And mm-hmm. 
it's kind of hard to like I haven't been to one, so I like I can't necessarily say personally, but compared to doing it uh, like in Costa Rica or in Peru with a shaman, with these people who are properly trained. Um, so what's your opinion on the increase in popularity and kind of like the fad of doing an ayahuasca retreat? Yeah. Um, great, great questions. Uh, I really like that. You know, um, I'll, I'll take a slight tangent to some of the materials that have appeared on Netflix more recently. I don't know if you've seen any of those. Um, it's, been, it's been interesting to see how you know, ayahuasca and, and plant medicine more broadly has kind of emerged quite rapidly into, into the, the mainstream media. Um, and I, one thing that I am grateful for is that it does appear that the majority of the, the coverage in the mainstream media remains balanced. And when I say that, I don't mean that they are talking about 95% of the good things, which, you know, 99% of the good things, which is the reality and the 1% of the bad things. But what these shows tend to do is they show you 50% of the good and 50% of the bad, right? Even Mm -hmm. so there's a disproportionate representation of the bad, which I think is actually very healthy, even though this is my business. (laughs) Um, And so, so people often come to me and they're like, oh yeah, you know, did you see this? Did you see that? You know, showing the negative aspect. Of, of this work, but I think it's I think it's very important uh, that people do understand uh, the negative aspects. Um, and uh, another another dynamic that I'll share before I kind of jump into a few of my own perspectives is if if I was to hazard a guess, I would I would guess that ninety five percent plus of the potential benefits that could that could come from doing this work if you did it with really expert guidance is being missed. Um, and so, you know, like, like you said, what's, what's generally happening, uh, is, is a lot more casual, right? So the way that I look at this work now and the practitioners therein is that there's kind of three types, um, perhaps four. So the first type of practitioners are people who administer this medicine, right? So they get a group together, um, they sit in a circle and, you know, everyone in the circle drinks the medicine and then the experience unfolds uh, as the experience unfolds. That's kind of the, the first level. The second is those who are doing this in a more therapeutic uh, or somatic context, right? So those are therapists or practitioners who um, really kind of quote unquote, hold space and are really focused on the facilitation of a particular person or small group of people um, through that experience. Um, And and generally, that's that's slightly deeper work. Um, And then the third is people who understand the more energetic component, right? So there are, um, for, for anyone who's kind of been to or participated in plant medicine ceremonies, particularly with ayahuasca, certainly you can feel different energies are, are being moved you know, in and out of, of the room, in and out of you. Uh, and so the expert, the really expert practitioners in this space know how to manage that and how to manage um, your, your specific journey, right? And so, um, you know, g- generally speaking, the people who are doing this work at the highest level um, are able to do so without a lot of the, the physical purging. Uh, and that's because they're managing your, your journey in a, in a much more... Um, 
managed, I guess is the word. It is a much more managed way. And so they're managing the energies and they're managing you in such a way that you're actually making big progress in a short space of time without the associated challenges. Well, not all of the associated tra- challenges, but without perhaps some of the more traumatic challenges of, of the, the physical purging, et cetera, which is commonplace with ayahuasca. Right. right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's, I think it's a good point. Like, I, I guess I never really realized how rapid it actually has become somewhat mainstream with, you know, the shows on Netflix um, and just like social media in general. And yeah, the wellness, the wellness market obviously is growing as well. And this just seems to be the next thing, but there is a way to do it, I guess, more like healthier for you and actually get the full benefit from it compared to just doing, you know, an easier one or a cheaper one or a local one or whatever it may be. Yeah. And you know, it's, um, the, the, uh, the way that I would look at that, say if I was, you know, in, in LA or, or in Vancouver, and if I was looking for an experience myself, the way that I would go about electing an experience would be to understand, uh, understand, another individual's journey, right? Uh, And what I mean by that is, tell me how you have been able to improve your quality of life by working with this person. And so I would actually look for people who have worked consistently with a single practitioner uh, over time. And I would ask them to share with me, you know, where they were in life when they started that journey, um, preferably, you know, months, if not years ago, and the quality of life improvements that they've been able to make to to their everyday life. That is fundamentally what we're looking for in terms of the quality of work. You know, um, it, it's very easy to have very profound and transcendent experiences like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's available. But what we're what we're really looking for is improvements to quality of life uh, and and what I would describe as elevated consciousness. If there's a single goal that that should be, you know, I hate to reduce it to this, but if there's a, a primary goal which should be front and center to people's minds as it relates to this work, it's deepening your self-understanding, which is, you know, your your level of consciousness, and and through that, um, being able to integrate those those experiences of higher levels of consciousness uh, into your daily experience, so that life you know life kind of turns onto easy mode <laughs> through yeah. through that elevated consciousness and through that integration and embodiment into into your essence. Right. So, what other like typical experiences do people have on your retreats? Like, of course. You know, you hear so much about people purging um, in different ways and also like, um, I forget the saying, but it's like one ayahuasca retreat is like equal to 10 years of therapy or something. Like these are the types of things, like the narrative around it. So I'm just curious, like what you actually see from people who do your your retreats. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that we always ask of our clients is uh, (laughs) is to set the expectations at the door. You know, it's, um, if, if, uh, one of the ways that I, that I share this is that if you work with someone who's experienced in this space has been working in this space for decades, has, has served thousands of clients. Um, and you ask them going into a ceremony, you know, what's, what's going to happen tonight? They're going to turn to you and they're going to say, I have no idea. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, and so, you know, 
regardless of the quality of the practitioner and the context of the individual going into um, such a ceremony. We just, we really don't know uh, what's going to happen on a, on a given ceremony. Um, now, now that being said, of course, um, there are uh, patterns that emerge, right? There are, and, and there's certainly a breadth of experience. And so it might, might be helpful for me to share with you you know, the, the first retreat that I went on, my, my two friends and I um, had profoundly different experiences that were exactly what they needed to be for each of us. Um, and, and, and we all benefited massively as a result. Um, now, my, my friend Zubin, um, he had an incredibly powerful experience. He, his experience was completely transcendent where he was, you know, up there flying with the eagles and had completely retractable wings and he was laughing and flying in the, uh, you know, <laughs> on one side mm-hmm. of me for hours on end and just had this really beautiful, profound and, and spiritual experiences, experience that showed him, you know, beautiful things that was coming to, w- that were going to come to pass um, for his, for his future. Whereas for my other friend, um, you know, he, he didn't really take this experience seriously. He didn't do the dieting that was, um, that was recommended. He didn't, uh, there was many things that were recommended that he do in the lead up to, uh, the retreat that he just completely ignored. And so, um, the medicine was very challenging for him physically. Oh, I should say Zubin had absolutely no physical purging whatsoever. My first friend, my second friend, um, he, uh, he had the opposite. He had absolutely no visions. He had absolutely no spiritual experience. He just had an incredibly difficult and challenging physical experience for like hours and hours and hours on end. Um, and, uh, and, and so, you know, but both of them had very transformational experiences that benefited them, you know, incredibly uh, from from that point in time. Now, for me, um, I had a uh, very challenging spiritual and a very challenging physical <laughs> experience um, that was, uh, yeah, it was it was it was just very profoundly different than uh, than what the two of them had. Um, but again, it was the right thing for me uh, at the time. Right, right. So. In terms of like right now with COVID, I mean, of course, it's harder for people to travel. Um, but if someone was interested in this for this year or next year um, and they want to like look at your retreats, like what are you currently offering and what, do, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing this year? Yeah, it's been um, it's certainly been an interesting period for uh opening a travel business <laughs> the last in the last <laughs> um some of my friends have laughed at me and uh, and, uh, and it's uh, and it's fair enough um but uh we, we've definitely seen um you know significant demand for doing this work privately um for those that are in a financial position to do so you know that is 100 the best way to do this work um you know i made once i found the right guidance and i started working with um, pr- those healers um, privately, I made more progress in just three weeks than I had made in the three and a half years before that. Um, so when you've got, you know, um, private healers just focused on you and they know what they're doing in order to elevate your consciousness, um, it's, yeah, it's really quite profound what, what can be done in a, in a short space of time. So, um, yeah, so, you know, given the COVID situation, there's been a lot of people who, started you know that we've been supporting privately um what what often takes place is that people start by doing this work in a group context um you know 
often people have a little bit of nerves in relation to exploring this space, which is which is completely normal and healthy. Uh, and so there's a sort of quote unquote safety in numbers that people feel. Um, and so often they start by doing this work in a group setting. And then once they recognize the, the potential and the value of doing this work in a deeper way, then they move into, uh, into doing this work privately if they can afford to do so. Um, so we have been hosting, you know, group retreats as well. Um, it's, it, you know, I guess, uh, despite the, ch- the, the challenges related to travel, there are still people who are willing to, um, to continue to facilitate these experiences, um, usually smaller groups. And there's also people who are willing to travel, um, for these experiences. And so, you know, country by country, um, you know, facilitator by facilitator, we've been supporting our people, um, in, in the ways that, that they see fit. Um, and it seems that, you know, again, despite the, the travel challenges that people are willing to travel for this work, um, because, uh, because, you know, it's a good year for, for working on emotional and personal development as, uh, as we all know. So I've been using fume, a great tool for increasing performance, energy, and overall wellness. It uses essential oils and you breathe through the essential oils through your mouth and out through your nose. I seriously love this. Not only does it help with stress management or sleep, depending on the essential oil that you choose, but it can also help with energy. The creators actually came up with the idea when they were using peppermint in their hands before their workouts to like breathe in and help circulation and help fuel them fuel them to be more energized for their workouts. And then they created a tool that did the job much better. And now I love it. So I use it before my workouts. I use it while I'm at my desk um, because I love essential oils. And I also love breathing better and deeper because I'm a very shallow breather. And I love that fume reminds me to breathe better. If you are interested in trying it out, go to the link in the show notes and use Brittany. 10 as the discount code to get you a discount for the first time you try them um, and get 10% off. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that that's happening and I'm glad people are seeking you guys out. Um, it's really needed. Like you said, like during this year, last couple of years, uh, really since COVID has taken over. Um, so it seems like the stigma, I guess, around um, hallucinating, hallucinating and plant medicines and all of that is kind of decreasing. Would you agree with that over the past five years? And like, do you still think there's stigma around it? Like, how do you navigate that? Yeah, um, I think the conversation is changing rapidly for the better. Um, mm-hmm. The, you know, I think the the. If we, if we look at the surrounding dynamics in relation to mental health, I think the reasons become clear. You know, the reality is that we continue to see unchecked growth in mental health problems, right? Um, so whether that's anxiety, depression, um, addictive disorders, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, and those numbers just continue to go up year by year. So it's quite clear that the previous therapeutic and pharmacological solutions that we were um, pursuing were not providing us, we're not yielding the results that we're looking for, which is human well-being. Um, and, and, you know, I think, again, if, if, if they were, I'm not, not to take anything away from, from therapy or, or pharmacological um, solutions, you know, I think it's important, they have a place, absolutely. Um, but they're not, 
they're not turning around the trends. So, so it's important that we look elsewhere. Um, the other, the other thing that I think is, is unhelpful in relation to the way that we've been looking at mental health is that in the West, it, it kind of feels like we've set, um, this subjective bar, um, at a particular level. And anyone who's below this bar that we've set has a mental health problem. And anyone who's above that bar has no problem and nothing to worry about. And that's actually not it. <laughs> the reality is we can all improve our everyday quality of life and quality of experience. And, and sometimes the, one of the ways that I analogize this, because you know, I was thinking back to me before my, my first retreat experience, um, the way that I've come to analogize this is with physical pain. So I had this experience probably about seven or eight years ago now where it completely reset my spectrum of understanding in relation to physical pain. So, you know, before this experience, I had actually, I dislocated my shoulder really badly. So before dislocating my shoulder, I thought that I had kind of experienced the, the full spectrum of physical pain, right? I had paper cuts and all these minor scrapes and bruises or whatever but i had also you know more serious skating and surfing accidents i had um you know fallen off a waterfall down a cliff and, and onto a rock you know kind of things that i had thought were at you know the 10 out of 10 scale or, or close to 10 out of 10 on the pain scale now when i once i had this dislocation of my shoulder, my previous 10 became a three. So I had just hmm. fundamentally reset my, my my understanding of physical pain. And the reality is that there might be, I hope there isn't in my future anyway, um, the reality is there might even be, you know, physically, there might be experiences that are even, you know, substantially more physically painful than my shoulder dislocation. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm only kind of limited by my own subjective range of experience, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. No. It, yeah. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So. 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 The reason I share that is that I believe that that mental health or or levels of consciousness, if we can use them interchangeably, are actually exactly the same as that. Which is that it's difficult for us to imagine something that we haven't yet experienced. But once we, you know, through these experiences, once we recognize that there are states of being that are more joyful, more loving, more blissful, um, and and just so much better, then we can begin to, you know, even without plant medicine, once we get back home, etc., we can actually through meditation, contemplative practices, you know, becoming more aware of our thinking patterns, etc., we can actually begin to make very substantial steps towards um, those those states of being um, for everyday life, uh, which is which is really what this work is all about. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Like the idea that it's all relative to what you know. Um, and then if you change what you know, then the past things obviously suddenly look very different and maybe not as intense as we once thought they were. Um, yeah, Absolutely. I think that's a really cool approach. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, in terms of like the future of plant medicine, like I know you briefly touched on this, but do you think it's going to become even more popular? Like, like where do you, where do you really see it going? Yeah, it's, we're, we're at a really interesting ju uh, juncture in relation to plant medicine. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's certainly worth acknowledging that there are many different, um, there are many different perspectives in relation to plant medicine. And, um, as you might imagine, people who work in this in this space are very highly opinionated 
<laughs> and, and generally think that they have the right thing and, uh, and that other people have the wrong thing. Uh, and so it's, um, you know, we're, we're doing our very best not to add to, to that dynamic. But I think that, you know, I look at this industry rel- relatively organically. Um, you know, what happened in the 60s was a, a bit of a overreaction to this space getting kind of evolving or emerging very rapidly in a sort of an unchecked way. So I hope that we have learned from, from those experiences in, in the 60s um, and that we are more conscious in how we approach this space um, this time around so that we, you know, there, there will be, you know, it's, it's fair to say that there will be um, some damage, right? Some backlash as a result of this rapidly emerging space. You know, we've all heard stories of people that have, um, you know, very challenging experiences, uh, you know, with, with plant medicine. So, um, you know, the, I think it's important that we, we kind of keep that front of mind as this space does rapidly emerge. Um, I think what we will see is that as more, how do I say this? As more tooling and capabilities um, and more maturity comes into the space, people will naturally gravitate towards those experiences which are proven to be transformational versus those experiences which are um, just quote unquote available. At the moment, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a wild west, right? Um, because mm-hmm. as you alluded to before, either of these experiences are happening underground or as I spoke about before, they're happening in unregulated contexts. So, um, you know, the reality is that the overwhelming majority of people don't know what good looks like. And so you can go on Retreat Guru, you can see, you know, a whole bunch of five star reviews and go, yep, that's that's great. That's for me. Um, but but that doesn't necessarily mean that this work is being done at a high level. Um, and so it's very exciting. You know, there's some technology platforms that are coming that will begin to standardize um, improvements to quality of life and stuff like that. And so uh, I think that the more high quality practitioners will naturally gravitate towards those sorts of platforms. And so we will begin to see um, some separation between uh, the the people who are doing this work at the highest level and those who are doing their best but don't necessarily have the expertise. That's that's really cool. That's so exciting. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm just excited for the yeah the narrative around plant medicine to increase but also change as well. Um, like you said, and I think it can be so healing. And I'm excited to try different things as well because this is like very up my alley um, to try these different things. But yeah, so where can people find you? How can they connect? And if they're interested in doing one of your retreats, where are all the locations that you host them? Yeah, so you can find us on uh, Behold Retreats online or on Instagram. Um, And uh, yeah, I think um, so we have retreats available in Costa Rica. Uh, Mexico and Peru; those seem to be our, our three most popular destinations. Um, and then, and then equally in uh, in Europe, uh, where we predominantly do uh, retreats in the Netherlands. Uh, I myself, I'm based in um, in Asia, and uh, we're very close to establishing, in uh, knock on wood, uh, establishing also a first location in Asia. Cool. Those oh, those are awesome places. I'm excited. Um, yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was awesome. And I will add all of those links to the show notes so everyone can find you. 
Beautiful. Thanks for having me, Brittany. And uh, yeah, really appreciated our conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, feel free to screenshot this episode and tag me if you'd like me to respond. I really hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. If you have a question about your health, my DMs are always open and I'm currently taking new clients. Thanks and see you next time.